Hey, how's it going out there in YouTube and podcast land? This is James here for James Loves Games, and welcome to tonight's Marvel Hour. Now, obviously I call it the Marvel Hour, and it might not exactly take an hour, sorry. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was a nice, clever name. So, um, for you guys uh, out on podcast land, welcome. Uh, this is the very first one that you will hear from me as far as a podcast. I did try to attempt last week. Um, where I talked about the three box challenge, but uh, yeah, that that one I forgot to actually record. And for those out in YouTube land, I'm actually doing a slightly different format um, because tonight we're actually going to talk about the Cabal. Now, the Cabal is one of the affiliations for uh, my Marvel Crisis Protocol, um, and it's one of the two that I've or three, that I've actually had the chance to actually play. Now, for those of you uh, out there, I am a new player at Marvel Crisis Protocol, but I am no stranger to doing uh, videos and chats and tactics for uh, miniature games, you know, with a background in 40K. But, um, you know, tonight I wanted to talk about uh, one of the factions that um, I've actually played <laughs> before diving into things that uh, I don't know too, too, too much about. And uh, as a familiar my familiarize myself with the game now um one thing to note these factory reviews are kind of based around the three box challenge because um well that's the league that i'm actually holding at my local store and that being said i always have to give a shout out to the sponsors before i dive on in so a shout out to miniature scenery uh tim out there in australia thank you so much for sponsoring the channel with some amazing terrain um and hopefully Tim uh, uh, starts making some Marvel terrain as I keep, uh, you know, talking about him. And then also a shout out to um, my buddy, <laughs> Brian and his store Wizards ICT uh, here in Wichita, Kansas. Um, you know, they're a sponsor actually for MCP and are actually what got me into this game. So uh, I greatly appreciate that, ma'am. And uh, the other owners of the store, I don't know everybody so yet, but... Um, thanks so much for sponsoring the channel. And last but not least, my team, Air Force Gaming, for, you know, being my team. So, um, but that being said, you know, got all the obligatory stuff out of the way. So let's talk about some Cabal. Now, for those of you in, on the podcast side of the house, um, you will not be able to see, but I'm actually going to bring up the cards, um, the data cards for each of the characters that I'm going to talk about. Now, I'm going to literally cover everybody who's in the Cabal affiliation. I'm going to talk about uh, their data cards. I'm going to talk about some tactics that you can do with some of the um, cards that I know about. I know that every box comes with like character-specific type cards or team-up cards and stuff. Um, and I'm only aware of a handful. So there's actually a lot more tactics beyond what I'm actually even going to cover. Um, but the main thing is to kind of cover the data sheets, uh, cover or the data cards, I guess. Uh, cover some of the combos that I myself have discovered uh, in my minimal time playing the game. Um, and then just give you guys some ideas for boxes that you can actually pick up and kind of expand your collection. Um, especially if you're one of the people out there trying to do a three box challenge, because the biggest thing for new players is maximizing your purchases. That way, you know, you, you get a lot of value out of the boxes that you're buying and you're not stuck with miniatures that, um, you might not actually use, you know what I mean? So, um, but that said, we're going to start out with the leader for, uh, and I actually got to bring up my cards here. The leader for our Mighty Cabal, and he actually does come from the core box set. Uh, it is the one, the only Red Skull. Um, now, I'm not going to really talk about um, their individual stats, uh, per se. 
um, because, you know, yeah, we've got, well, I guess I, I can touch on those a little bit. So um, Red Skull actually has really good health. Uh, you know, he's got six health, which is pretty good, and medium movement. Um, and four threat, and he's actually got really good defenses with four physical, three power, and three mystic. Now, as far as his attacks go, um, strike, it's just a basic strike attack that, that builds up your energy, you know, because um, you need energy or power to actually do things in the game. Um, but the biggest thing for him is he actually has two power attacks. Now, power attacks are... Um, I wouldn't say exactly rare, but they're definitely more less common than like physical attacks. And uh, cosmic blast is not bad. You know, you can suck some energy off the the guy that you hit or gal that you hit. Um, but the biggest thing here is unleash the cube, which is a seven um, seven attack four power attack. And the the biggest thing with Red Skull, um, because he is your leader, is that every time an allied character uh, damages an enemy character with an attack after that attack is resolved you gain one power that means that every single time you're damaging somebody you're gaining power so when you're doing like double attacks and stuff like that you can gain up to two additional power on top of anything else you gain which means you're doing a lot more superpowers you're doing a lot more like higher uh powered you know attacks because you need to use the power to actually do the higher powered attacks um and and red skull's really good at giving you that that's his affiliation bonus and and hence why he's the leader you know um but beyond that he's actually got some really cool uh jank that you can do with him so his cosmic cube it's an action so he has to give up it uh he can't do one thing a turn to do this but um he gains three power and then can, he can actually take damage uh for every skull um, but what, what this combos really well with is his next ability, which is Master of the Cube. Choose this character or another character, uh, allied character within four of this character and place it within two of its current location. So you can teleport anybody within four of him around the field, which is really, really, really cool. Um, I really, really enjoy that this, this fact about him. Um, because, you know, with the Master of the Cube combined, or sorry, Cosmic Cube combined with the Master of the Cube, you can actually do this every single turn, um, which makes him a very, very powerful piece for moving stuff around the, the board, you know. On top of it, um, he has Hail Hydra, which means you can actually have other characters block for him uh, without, <laughs> uh, for spending two power, you know. Um, so he can actually be pretty tanky because you can, like, let other people take hits for him. Um, so he's actually a really good central piece. On top of it, uh, you do get some pretty good cards in the, the core box. Um, he has one card where basically he can take the activation token off of someone else and then they can activate again. Um, that character can take damage when you do that, but it can actually uh, basically swap priority because, you know, the last player that goes um, with a character gets priority for the turn. So it's a great way to actually, like, keep your team going and, and like, maintain priority if you start losing pieces on the table, you know? Um, which is really, really powerful thing that he can do. Um, I like him a lot. He also generates, you know, with the, the cosmic cube, um, generates so much power for himself, you know, um, between his strike, doing cosmic cube or whatever else, um, on top of the table, there's another card. I think it's follow me is the name of it, uh, from the core set. It costs six power, but you can immediately activate another character. So Red Skull is a very, very, very good um, um, source of gaining, like, because you need six power to do that uh, pretty efficiently within the game. So I'm a big fan of Red Skull. I think that, um, you know, he's a great starter piece on top of the model being cool, you know. <laughs> I really like his little model. Um, he's just really, really powerful on the table, and uh, you definitely can't go wrong with running him as the leader of your cabal. Um, 
Now, the next character I'm not really going to touch on was going to be Ultron. Um, Ultron, sadly, in the game right now is, is kind of weak. Um, he's very, very power hungry, which means you can't really, like, do a whole lot with him. Um, he doesn't really have, like, a lot of, uh, uh, like, his biggest thing is that once you get up to eight power, he can basically respawn if he dies. But, um, yeah, the game only lasts six rounds, uh, and unless somebody's, like, killing him in, in two turns or three turns... Um, you're going to get minimal use out of the fact that Ultron gets to come back, you know? So, um, with him getting a new card, hopefully, like, he gets revamped in a way that, uh, makes him a lot more usable, you know? Um, I thought he was kind of powerful the first couple games I played with him, but, um, he's really not good <laughs> when you start seeing what a lot of the other characters, uh, in the game can do. And so the next one I want to cover, and, uh, so for you guys out there in YouTube land, uh, I, I am going to be bouncing around here. And uh, I had to pull all these off the interwebs <laughs> as we go. So we're, we're continuing with the core box characters, uh, talking about Crossbones. Now, Crossbones is a really weird character. Initially, when I started playing the game, I was not a big fan of him. And sorry for the screenshot that I got. Um, it's really small. So he's um, got six health, uh, moves small, and uh, three threat. So he's actually really, really cheap. Um, but he only has four physical defense, two power defense, and two mystic defense, which means he takes a ton of damage from literally anybody that's not hitting him with a physical attack, right? But um, he has a pretty—he has a normal strike, and his overpower ability, which uh, again is really hard to read here, um, it only costs—it costs like two power, I think it is. Yeah, two power. But um, basically, you can hit people and throw them, which uh, is actually a very, very, very powerful. It's like a, a seven. Is it a five or a seven? Man, really hard to read this, even for me. Let's see if I can zoom in a little bit. It's five. All right, yeah, it's a five power attack. Um, but basically, uh, once you hit someone, you get to move within one of that character. So you can like bully people because you get to move within one and then throw them. Um, if you roll a wild, which uh, might not happen sometimes, it happened to me. But uh, I like him a lot more the more I play with him. Um, he's really cheap, you know. He does die relatively easy. Um, he does have Haymaker ability, which really sucks. Uh, you're really never going to use this because it costs four power to get two additional attack dice, um, which you're going to be saving for his next ability, which is a Nerd to Pain. Um, basically, you can spend one power to ignore one damage. And you can do this as many times as you want, and there's no minimum. So, um, which is... Basically what you're going to do, uh, he'll take a hit at some point, um, probably take a reasonable amount of damage, one, two, whatever, um, and you're going to basically save up his power to just be a bully, you know, uh, you're going to overpower somebody, throw them off the objective, and you're just going to be like, ignore, 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 ignore all this damage um, until he dies, you know. The other cool thing is um, his last ability, which is really hard to read on this card, is that whenever he takes an attack, he can move small towards uh, uh, people, So, um, which means he can actually move relatively quickly if people are actually attacking him now um he can't take a hit from a power attack uh of reasonable power you know and same with mystic so you know um that's that's definitely his biggest weakness and so hopefully they kind of patch him a little bit you know he's going to get a new card shortly um i'm hoping that he gets one more one more of each defense that'd be great uh beyond the physical because he is only three you know threats so he can't be like op and then maybe drop his over or his haymaker ability down by like one power because i think four power for that is a bit much um hell even two power might be pretty good you know because then then you'd actually have a reason to use it you know but at four 
you just can't justify uh, uh, spending it, you know. But he's not bad. Uh, he comes with your core box, which is really, really good, you know. And our last character from the core box is Baron Zemo, and he is a cornerstone of literally all the Cabal lists. Um, he is really good. Uh, he's only got five health, but he moves long, um, and he's only threat three, which is really, really good for a long-moving uh, character, you know. Um, three physical, three um, power, and four mystic defense. The biggest thing with this guy, so his attacks aren't too impressive. His sword strike uh, is just five uh attack dice he can possibly bleed somebody which means they take uh, a damage at the end of their activation but um and the steel rain's not bad either uh after he attacks um somebody with this he gets to advance medium so he's actually lightning fast over the table and again he can bleed somebody but the biggest reason you take him is for uh his next ability which is charge so it's two power uh it's an action but this character can immediately uh, make a move action followed by an attack so he gets to move long into somebody and then hit him with the sword strike, possibly doing a lot of damage. So he's a great assassin at getting at those squishy characters that are hanging out in the back holding objectives. Um, like I've had him go in and like just wipe uh, two, like, because he goes in with charge, um, gets his free attack, and then he'll poke him again with a normal attack. And for the most part, that will kill like a normal squishy character. Um but yeah and then on top of that he has some other cool abilities he's got a counter strike um basically they hit you you roll some dice you maybe do some damage back he's got sword master where you get to re-roll as many attack or defense dice as you want if they're within two um i've never actually had a chance to use this because i'm always saving power for charge <laughs> like all the time i'm charging or counterattacking. um and then his last ability which is really good is strategic genius this character and allied characters within two may re-roll one dice for an attack or defense which is incredibly powerful uh means that he can really leverage your lines you know and you can put them up forward with uh characters that aren't actually part of this affiliation and get some free re-rolls out of it um which can actually help quite a bit he can actually make tanky characters a lot tankier and he's actually a lot harder to kill than a lot of people estimate you know three defense dice is not impressive but when most of the builders and stuff are only like five dice, um, he usually only takes like one, maybe two damage from an attack, which is not too terrible, uh, which is enough to build the power up to actually charge the next turn or to counterattack somebody if you want to. Um, so he's actually really good. Like I, I use him literally in all my Cabal lists because he always has a function. Um, characters that are really cheap with long movement are just great at moving up the table grabbing objectives and just being really really annoying because um you know they can get up the field really really fast so that's it for our core box characters um for this um for now uh talking about the cabal now the next i wanted to t uh characters i wanted to talk about are sin and viper now sin and viper actually come in one box which means that they're great value if you want to play uh, Cabal. Um, it gives you your second leader, so that's Sin, who we'll talk about next, and then you actually get Viper, uh, which is a good... She pairs up really, really well with her... Uh, I, I don't actually know in superhero terms how they're related. Because <laughs> some... Uh, I was a big fan of the X-Men and stuff growing up, you know, so I, I know a lot more about them. And so next we're going to talk about Sin, and uh, yeah, bring up her card here. Oh, wow, it's actually kind of hard to read, isn't it? All right, so I'll bring up the card over here, and then I'm going to actually bring up... So this is where uh, Bifrost, or into... Um, uh, 
uh, across the Bifrost is really good about this stuff because they actually will zoom in on cards um, when they come out. So her stat line is not too impressive. Um, she's only got four health with medium move, uh, threat three. She's actually got good defenses, three, three, four. Uh, so from now on, I'm just going to talk. So three, uh, the first one's going to be physical, then energy, then mystic, um, just so that way you know we speed up a little bit. As far as her attacks go, she has an automatic pistol, and so it's the same as um, pretty much all the other automatic pistols. Um, and so uh, after this attack is made, it's four energy to do this, but after this attack is made, uh, you gain one. And then after this attack is resolved, this character may make one additional automatic pistol attack. This additional attack must target the original target, and additional attack does not have the rapid-fire special rule. So basically, she gets to make two attacks for four energy. Um, it's at range three. It's not too, too impressive. And then she also has uh, Make It Personal, uh, which is a six attack physical for four energy as well. But if you roll a, it looks like a critical and a normal hit, um, after this attack is resolved, this character may make an additional Make It Personal attack without paying the cost. The additional attack must target the original tar character and is... Um, mystic instead of its normal attack type this additional attack does not have the so basically every time she attacks she makes two attacks so whether it be with her automatic pistol or with make it personal which is not too bad um it's weird though most automatic pistols are free so i think that might be a a, a misprint there with the four energy for her basic attack so um but yeah so, uh, on to her actual, you know, superhero abilities and stuff like that. So, her, he sorry, her leadership ability is called Red Mayhem. So, during the cleanup phase, after scoring your victory points, roll a die for each, each objective token contested by an allied character. If the result is a critical, a wild, or a uh, hit, push each enemy character contesting the objective token away from the token small. So what that means is a small is enough to move people away from objectives. So, which means come the power phase, um, which sometimes you'll gain powers or you'll get some other special abilities for being there, um, you're basically negating people from uh, uh, scoring those special things. On top of it, you know, if they're small char or characters that move small or maybe have like short ranged attacks, that might be enough to move them out so they can't hit you for free and then they actually have to use an action to move close, which is not bad. Um, it's really good just to kind of push everybody away and just be really, really annoying. And then you get to roll a die for each enemy character holding an asset token within two of this of an allied character. So if they're holding an asset near you, um, if you roll, uh, roll one dice on a result of a critical, a wild, or a hit, the enemy character drops the asset token. <laughs> I love this ability. Um, so asset tokens are basically like objectives that you pick up and hold. Um, so a lot of people actually do a lot of things uh, uh, with this. but um, And sometimes you can hold multiple, you know. But a lot of the times you can only hold one asset token. So this is a way that without knocking out your opponent's characters, you can have them drop these tokens so that you can snipe them off of them. This can get super obnoxious. Uh, like incredibly, incredibly obnoxious. Now, is this as powerful as Red Skull as far as, like, in the game? I think this is more powerful as far as, like, objective play goes. Um, and objectives are obviously what win the game, you know. Uh, being a 40k player, I can tell you, you know, that's that's the focus of the game is to take over these objectives. But um, I really like that ability, like, like a whole lot. Like, I, 
I quite like it. And you get to use it every single turn. So not only are you negating people and pushing them away, um, you're also like maybe making them drop stuff on top of it. So, um, and according to uh, Across the Bi or across the Bifrost, uh, that's a 50-50 shot, so, which is really, really good. Uh, her next ability is Hit and Run. This character immediately makes uh, an attack action followed by a move action. This superpower can only be used once per turn. Now that's really cool. Um, because it just says an attack action. So does that mean you get to pick either attack? Oh, so for two power, you basically get to use one of her attacks for free. That's pretty good. Okay, I like that. Huh. Oh, wow, that's really good. Okay, so she can uh, basically use any power for, for two, which is really good. Um, her next ability is Partners in Crime. Uh, at the end of this uh, character's activation, if it is within four of an allied crossbones, this character may use this superpower. If the allied crossbones does not have an activated token, he may activate before your turn ends. So you can go ahead and go, hey, crossbones, I want you to go right after me, which is awesome. You get double activations for free. Um, and she is dirt sheep. Uh, what is she, three threat? She is three threat. So uh, between her and crossbones, it's only six threat. Um, so you got a good like wombo combo right there, you know, where basically they're activating on top of one another, um, which can give you a lot of board presence really, really quickly. Um, she also has hair to the wicked. Uh, when this character is damaged by an enemy or allied effect, after that effect is resolved, if it is not dazed, it gains one power. So she gains power if she gets hit. And then she also has stealth, which means you cannot attack her unless you're within three range of her. Which is, you know, pretty average for um, um, characters that are uh, this soft. You know, she only has four health, so she's going to go down like a wet brick. Um, so you're going to be making a lot of use uh, of hit and run to basically keep your distance from people. Um, and stay outside of that stealth range, so that way they're not picking you up. But... Um, I like her. I don't know if I like her as much as Red Skull, and I don't know what her cards do. Um, maybe she has a card that might change my mind, but yeah, she's pretty cool. And the fact that she comes with uh, Viper, who's another um, Cabal character, is really nice. So next, we will go ahead and talk about Viper. Um, so I actually pulled her cards uh, the same way that I did Sins, so hers is, are really hard to read too. So yeah. Let's go ahead and let me bring her card up real quick. Boop. And again, another shout out to. Oh no, across the Bifrost doesn't have one for this. Oh no. Oh no, there it is. So again, another shout out to across the Bifrost for bailing me out uh, on this. So she has five health, uh, has a long move, which is really good, and three threat. She's only got three, three, three for defense, so um, she's she's pretty soft as well. So as you can tell, this is like um, a box that's kind of like centered around um, just really cheap, fast uh, characters that do a lot of jank on the table, um, which is not bad. You know, uh, the fact that you can take her Zemo and Sin. That's only nine threats, and if you're playing like a 17 threat mission, you know, you still have eight threat to play around with, um, which is quite a bit. You can actually take some pretty powerful characters uh, within that eight threat range. Um, and then that gives you two long moving characters, which is really, really good. Now for her attacks, uh, she's got a poison blade, um, five attack, 
Uh, it's a standard builder, so if she, uh, how much damage she does, she gains that much power, and she can poison people. She also has a pistol, which she can stun people with, um, and then she also has a viper strike, which is her big attack. Um, six, it's six attack dice. After this attack is resolved, place this character within one of its targets, and then it can do venom, uh, which after this attack is resolved, the target character gains slow and stun. So. Um, stun is not too impressive. Uh, opponents can basically only gain one power, which is, meh. Um, and I honestly don't know what slow does. I, I couldn't, couldn't tell you what slow does. Sad day. Um, next she has Displacement Ring for her next ability. Uh, place this character within two of its current position. The superpower can only be used once per turn. So that's really cool. So she can go in, like stab, shank somebody, you know, um, and then use this ability to bounce out too, um, and then like run away from somebody. So she's a really good hit and run type character. Um, kind of like Baron Zemo, you know. Uh, Baron Zemo, you can run in, charge somebody, poke them, and then run away as well. So you can kind of like build like almost a hit and run team uh, with these three. I like it. I like that a lot. Um, it, it'll keep her alive a lot longer than you would think that it would. She also has Coiled Serpent. Um, when this character is targeted by an attack within two, it may use the superpower. Instead of rolling dice equal to its defense, it rolls five dice. Then if the character suffers no uh, damage from the attack, after that attacker is resolved, the attacker suffers two damage. I love that. I love that a lot. So you get five defense dice. So that makes her a lot more defensible than you would actually think <laughs> she would be. Um, and then if you take no damage, then they just take damage. It's a freebie. So she can run around uh, really, really good, poke at people, and then, you know, if they actually catch her, um, she can actually hit you back uh, uh, with this ability. And I would think that you'd basically save two power all the time to do this every time somebody attacks you um, with, like, a decent uh, damage attack. And then with Baron Zemo on the field, too, you can also reroll one of those dice. Wow, I like her a lot. Wow. I'm, I'm talking myself into buying this this, this box. But anyways, um, and then she has stealth just like her uh, buddy Sin. So um, really, really good character. As you can tell, I like her a lot. Again, I kind of wish I knew more about her cards. Um, but, you know, you have uh, uh, cards in the base box, like, you know, uh, uh, tag team, or what is it, one-two punch, um, where you can roll additional dice for each character uh, uh, if they're, like, basically they're teaming up on somebody. Um, so that's actually a really, really good way that you can get, like, a lot of damage out of somebody with, like, not too many damage dice. Um, and I love the fact that she can do, like, all these counterattacks and bouncing around. A big thing in this game is that, like, any movement shenanigans that you can do with a character... Uh, makes him very, very good at objectives. And it seems like Sin uh, combined with Viper are very, very good at the objective game uh, compared to, you know, Red Skull. Red Skull is more on the power side of things that, like, if you really like to punch people out, he's probably more of your guy. So, but the good thing is this box, um, it, you know, you get both characters uh, in one box, which is really nice. So now I'm going to fit this to screen because now uh, I know all the rest of my cards are vertical and not in this weird format. So uh, next we're going to go ahead and talk about Enchantress. So Enchantress comes in a box with Angela. Um, Angela, as far as I know, she she can be in the Asgardian uh, affiliation. So if you if you want to run a Thor type list, you know maybe that's this is a box that you want. But Enchantress is one of the most powerful characters in the Cabal and actually a very powerful in a lot of different lists. 
Um, she's actually part of a lot of different affiliations. I couldn't tell you all of them um, off the top of my head. And I, and I know she's going to get see like a bit of a nerf when she gets a new card here shortly. Um, so she has a power attack. Uh, so I guess cover her stats. She's got six health, a medium move. Uh, four threat, which is really cheap for what she does. She only has two physical and two energy defense and five mystic. Now, she does have a beam attack as her main attack, which means you draw a line, basically a line of three, and you hit everybody uh, that crosses that line, um, including, you know, your, your partners. So make sure you're positioning this real well, and it saps energy. Now, it only gains one energy when she does it, so it's not a great builder. She also has enthrall, which is a seven power mystic attack for three power, which is not bad. And she can basically do a lot of different status effects based on how many wilds you roll, so uh, which is not bad. But her powers are the main reason you take her. So she has a Moore's Kiss for three power. Um, choose an enemy character within one of this character. Move one asset or civilian token. The chosen character is holding to this character. So she steals objectives. So again, we just talked about Sin and how powerful her ability can be. Well, you can put Enchantress in the same list and now you just do more objective jank it's crazy um and enchantress actually does pretty good damage too uh she also has hell hath no fury um chooses an interactive terrain feature of size two or less within three and she gets to throw the terrain at people so size two or less are like cars or you know, trash cans or stuff like that um and it generally does like three damage so uh you know this can do like that little bit of damage that maybe you need to pick somebody off um, it's definitely not like the main reason you take her, but it's good to have uh, in a pinch. And then her main reason, and the main reason a lot of people run her, is her Siren's Call. So choose an enemy character within three and advance that character uh, small. The, a character can be made to advance by the superpower once per turn. So this combined with Sin, right? So if you roll that critical or whatever to move somebody small, well now Enchantress can activate and move them small again. Now she can move multiple characters and it's only two power. She just can't only do the same character one time per turn. So if you got a bunch of people clustered around her objective, she can just basically go run away, run away, run away, run away. And with Sin doing her thing too, um, you can actually you know move a lot of characters and be very very annoying and force people to use actions to move when they would rather attack you. You know, um, which is very very powerful. Um, she's an Asgardian, so she gains uh, additional power every turn. So she's gaining two power every turn at a minimum. And then enchanting, when an enemy character targets this character with an attack, it, it may use its uh, mystic defense regardless of the attack's type unless the attacker pays two power. Now this is a normal ability for most of the wizards in this game, or mages, I should say, um, where they use their mystic defense unless you pay power to like bypass it. So if people do have power, they will use it. Um, and basically, she's really squishy at that point because she literally has no defense <laughs> against anything else. So the biggest thing for her is, um, you know, use her to be an annoying distraction, but just don't, like, if somebody really wants to dedicate to kill her, they will, and she will die. Um, it is what it is. And she has flight, so that way she gets to ignore terrain and stuff. So she's a very powerful piece, though. Again, um, she's really normal. Like, if you're running Cabal and th this is, like, your jam, this is the, the uh, affiliation you want to really build around, she's, like, a key character in a lot of the builds out there that are especially competitive, you know? Um, and she's great. She's really good. Uh, somebody turned me on to her and said, hey, you should try her out, and I played her a couple of games. I was like, wow. Now I see why people really, really like her. Um, 
you know, me, I'm actually going with Brotherhood of Mutants for this uh, three-box challenge. But, you know, it's definitely a good box. And Angela is actually a bear. Uh, she hits really, really damn hard. And because in this game you can combine villains and heroes in any way, shape, or form you want, Angela's not a bad character to put in your roster. Um, even though she's not of this affiliation, you know, so she won't get any, any of the bonus abilities. But um, she's still really, really good to have. So uh, it's a great box to pick up. So... Um, yeah, let's see who our next character is because I don't know what order I put these in next We have Magneto. So Magneto is one of the leaders for Brotherhood of Mutants He's actually my leader for my team for the three box challenge um, And he's got really really good stats. Uh, he's got six health. He moves small um, But he's six threat for a really good reason. Uh, he's got three uh, three three six as his defenses So he's really good into wizards and stuff, which I mean he's Magneto. He's got the helmet, you know um can't get in that head he has one of the most powerful basic attacks at range three uh six attacks uh damage um and basically as much damage as he does that's what he gains back and if the character is within two of this character then um this character may reroll any number of attack dice if it is not then the after the attack is resolved push the character small so you can push him away from you or if you're really close to him, you get to reroll all your attack dice and just do a ton of damage. So Magneto is just a, a he just pounds on people horribly. <laughs> he does so much damage. Then he has Shrapnel Blast, which is an AOE attack. Um, when measuring the range and line of sight for this attack, you may choose to measure uh, the range and line of sight from a metal construct that he makes. Um, if you do, then after all the attacks are made, you destroy that construct. After uh, each attack is resolved, the character the target character gains stun. So he does a big attack for six, dam uh, six damage dice in a range, like a, a big AOE range, and then uh, stuns everybody around him too. So, um, But the cool thing is you can also use one of his constructs and do an AOE around that construct, which is really neat. Now, we're not going to talk about his leadership ability because we're not playing uh, Brotherhood of Mutants here, uh, but his big thing here is Fatal Attraction. So this character may spend between one and four power when paying the cost of the superpower. Choose an interactive terrain feature within three and with the size equal to or less than the power spent to use this superpower and throw it long. Uh, before using this uh, superpower, this character must pay one power for each time it has already used this. Each time this has already been used. So he can pick up literally almost the biggest piece of terrain on the table because that size four is, is like the second biggest piece of terrain, I think. I don't even know if they're size six. But um, he can basically pick up like a small building because like a small building is like three or four and throw it at people. Um, the biggest thing here is he, you use him to actually pick up. He creates like little terrain features, uh, which are constructs on the table. And you spend two to pick these constructs up and whip them at people doing a lot of damage. Magneto just does a tremendous amount of damage, but he costs a lot to put in your in your list. So it's something you really need to look out for. Um, he has force projection when this character is targeted with an attack or would make a dodge roll. Uh, you may use this superpower. This character may use its uh, psychic defense uh, to defend or dodge. And um, and this character cannot be pushed or thrown as a result of special rules of the attack or collision. So you can't throw him. He just kind of tanks it real hard. Um, and then he has a master of magnetism during the power phase. If there are fewer than two metal construct features, terrains, and Terrain features in play. Place one of those metal construct terrain features within three of this character. It is size two interactive terrain feature. 
Then this character gains one power for each metal construct in play. Characters may never overlap a metal construct. So I, I wanted to talk about him because if you take Red Skull as your leader, Magneto is... Because not only is his main attack doing a lot of damage, right? It's range 3, 6 dice, which is really, really good. And you get to reroll, you know, number of dice if they're within 2. Um, so he's generating a lot of power from that. But on top of that, Red Skull's giving you an additional power on top of that. Then, with your Master Magnetism, for every Construct, you're gaining an additional power. So, uh, And you gain the one power for it being your turn. So you gain a minimum of two power on your turn, plus the power for doing damage, plus a power for Red Skull. So Magneto can generate just a load of power and just throw terrain features left and right at folks and just knock them out and just... Bah, he's a monster, right? Just like Magneto should be, and I love him in the Cabal for that very reason. Um, on top of it, he can use some of the most powerful cards. You know, we talked about follow-up. Um, you know, these high-power cards that take a lot of power to, to use. He can use those cards with relative efficiency um, because he is generating so much power. But the biggest problem with him is he costs six threat. Now, in his box, you do get Toad uh, along with him, and Toad is very, very good. Uh, he's moved medium, and I think he only costs two. It's like two or three so he's really really cheap um he can go into a list you know just fill a hole uh real well he's not of the affiliation for cabal hence why we're not talking about him but the magneto box is a very very good value if he sounds like somebody that you want to play which i'm playing him for the very reasons i just talked about um i love him to death so uh yeah magneto is awesome not only in the comics but also on the tabletop which is really really nice um, next, oh, I gotta talk about this guy, Bullseye! And so hopefully, uh, my zoom in, I can read his card. Yes, I can read his card a lot better than the last few. Um, so with the Bullseye box, who do you come with, guy? He comes with the Daredevil, so Daredevil, uh, I believe is an Avenger. Uh, I know he's part of the Defenders, I think he can be in Avengers as well. So if Daredevil's one of your jams, you know, um, you know, pick up the box, you get both Bullseye and Daredevil together, you know. Um, so for Bullseye, uh, you know, he's, uh, uh, five, uh, health, uh, moves medium, yep, it was still recording, um, Three threat, so he's another really cheap threat. Uh, if you're noticing kind of a theme, we have a lot, a lot of cheaper characters in the Cabal to kind of like pad these really expensive uh, characters that we can take too. Um, three, three, three are his defenses. Now his weapons uh, or his attacks, um, he has the throwing knife, which is range four, which is really, really long uh, in this game, you know, um, which is only four damage, so it doesn't do a lot of damage. Uh, the defending character does not benefit from cover, so ignores cover. And after this attack is resolved, this character gains power equal to the damage it dealt, and it can bleed you. So um, his chances of gaining power from this are kind of minimal. Um, it's only four attack, but because he can do it from such a long range, um, he's a great at camping on objectives and just kind of harassing people from, from range, you know what I mean? Um, which means that he's not a bad babysitter in the back of the, t uh, uh, of the field. His next ability uh, and his, his uh, main power is Pincushion. Um, or his big attack, I should say. The defending character does not gain the benefit of cover. And then after this attack is resolved, the character gains um, the bleed special condition. And then this also has rapid fire. So basically he gets to do this twice. Um, it is only five attack dice. So again, it's not, it's not too tremendously powerful. Um, and then he has hit and run. We already talked about that with uh, Sin. So that's actually very good, especially because he's range four. Um, I like that a lot. So it makes him a, another really good harassment character. He'd actually do more damage than Sin as well between ignoring your cover and being able to do this, you know, harassment thing, you know. 
Um, I never miss. Uh, after an attack... After an attack made by this character is resolved, if no damage was dealt as a result of that attack, this character may use the superpower. The target character suffers one. So, <laughs> I like that. We already talked about how you don't really, you might not do a lot of damage, but hey, you just spend one power to do at least one damage. That's not bad. Um, and then he has parting shots. After this, uh, after an attack targeting this character is resolved, this character may use the superpower. The attacking character suffers one damage, and then this character may advance away from the attacking character small. So, um, they attack you, you get to move small and do one damage. So, again, he's a very, very good harassment character. He, he plays really well into the whole, we talked about how Sin and Viper and all those characters kind of work. So, um, yeah, he's not bad. Like, I like the fact that he does, like, little chip damage. A lot of the time in MCP, you'll leave characters with, like, one health left. And you're just kind of, like, trying to YOLO them and get them dazed, you know, with that one damage. I had a Scarlet, uh, what was it? Um, Black Widow just kind of, like, camping on an objective with one health. And I was, like, I was throwing stuff at her. And somehow she was, like, dodging. And I was, like, God, I just need to kill her. Um, so Bullseye would be really good at just, oh, I'm going to throw a knife and just poke you real quick with my my one power <laughs> special ability so um i like him i like him i wouldn't buy him because you know he's not a character that i like but if you like bullseye hey uh maybe he has a place in your list and so who's next who's next oh yeah so next we're talking about mystique so um she comes in a box with uh the one the great the powerful beast so if you're going to be running an X-Men list or if you're going to be running, um, I believe he can go in Avengers as well. And he can also go in Brotherhood of Mutants. So um, there's a lot of lists that Beast can go into. And um, he's a very interesting character. You know what I mean? Um, but Mystique is, is herself. Um, I don't really like her on the table, but she also plays very heavily into the objective skew as well. Um, we're not going to talk about her leader ability, which is for Brotherhood of Mutants, but it's an objective based ability. But uh, she's got five, five health, long move, uh, threat three, 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 three defense. Um, she's got a pistol with rapid fire, so we already talked about that. Um, espionage is her big ability, where it's six, uh, six attack dice at range two, which is not good for her at all. You will not be using this uh, purposely. It's going to be like a YOLO, like I need to knock somebody out, um, because she does not want to be close with her defensive stats and how little health she has. Um... Her main ability is Expert Sabotage, so she can use an action, choose an interactive terrain feature size 3 or less within 4 of this character. Enemy characters within 1 of that terrain feature suffer 2 damage, then the terrain feature is destroyed or removed. So I really like this ability for the fact that if um, somebody's really clustering up on an, on an objective, like let's just say um, they're in the middle of the table on an objective and there's like anything, it could be a trash can right there. She can go ahead and throw this expert sabotage on it, blow it up, and do dam like massive AOE damage. Because two damage, um, you know, you saw how much health a lot of these characters have. Five health, um, a flat two damage to a five health character, you've already chunked quite a bit of their health away. And being range four, she can actually use this pretty effectively. Um, beyond that, she has martial artists, which means she actually gets to count blanks towards her defense if somebody's that close to her. Um, she's got shapeshifter during this character's activation enemy characters cannot use superpowers or reactive team uh, tactic cards so they can't react to or use superpowers against her which is pretty good um, and then she has stealth so again she stealth is great but you're never going to get to use espionage because it is range two and you want to be range three or 
further away from people so they're not hitting you, right? Um, you're going to be using expert sabotage, and you're going to be camping on objectives with uh, Mystique. So um, there's a lot of reasons I don't like her. You know, I, I think I've made it pretty clear why I don't, uh, especially move long. I would actually probably take Viper over her. <laughs> <laughs> for the same she's got like the same you know defensive stats but i think viper would be more effective especially if you're going for a more like even with red skull you know um so i i wouldn't really recommend mystique uh in your list so next we're gonna talk about mr sinister now i i did read his tactics card um before i was uh uh did this stream because i was like what does mr sinister do in, in the game you know because he's a scientist right um or, or like a mystic guy and uh, he's actually really, really cool on the table. So, um, and for him, I will have to pull up across the uh, across the Bifrost again, because it is hard to read. But um, I really like him, and I'm actually probably gonna buy him now after reading um, about his cards and what he can do. What the hell? There it is. Oh no, this is just about his tactic charts. Um, ah, I know I'm terrible at this whole thing. <laughs> uh, the by Frost, Mister Sinister. There we go. All right. So he's got six health, movement medium, uh, threat four, which is not bad. Three, three, four for defenses. He's got a power strike, um, so uh, which is pretty good. You know, we talked about how power attacks are are not super super common. Um, if you're noticing, you know, a lot. Oh, uh, I already moved. I moved uh, slides. Gotta move back to him. Um, and we already talked about how power attacks are not super, super common for like a base attack or even like a medium attack for most characters. Um, his medium attack is um, recombinant re <laughs> disintegration. Wow. Um, and this is area star, which is uh, interesting. And it's six attack with six, it costs six power. So the range of this attack is equal to the number of genetic samples this character has. We'll figure out how he gets genetic samples. Um, and then if you roll a crit, a hit, and a wild, um, he gets genetic burst. After this attack is resolved, each character, enemy character within range of this attack suffers one damage. So um, I'm guessing the range of this can get pretty huge. Uh, how does he get these genetic samples? I guess we'll find out. So, Engineered Perfection is his next ability. Uh, remove any number of genetic samples from this character. Remove one special condition from this character for each genetic sa sample token removed. Uh, the superpower can only be used once per turn. That's pretty good. Um, you know, there's a lot of really annoying status effects, like uh, Ignite is one of the worst ones, uh, in my opinion, rolling one less defense dice. So, hey, you can do that. Uh, he's got genetic negation. Choose an enemy character within three of this character and remove one genetic sample token from this character. If you do, the chosen character gains the root special condition, which means you stick them in place, which is pretty good um hey stay there um 
Next, he has such fun little playthings for two power. Choose an enemy character within three and advance that character small. The superpower can only be used uh, once per turn. So you get to move him towards you or away from you. We already talked how, how this is so powerful with um, um, Enchantress. Um, so it's pretty much the same thing. Uh, you have next molecular regeneration. If this character would suffer damage, it may use the superpower. Remove any number of genetic sample tokens from this character. Reduce the amount of damage suffered by one for each genetic sample removed. Okay. Um, DNA database. Uh, this character can have a maximum of three genetic sample tokens at any time. And then he has flight, so he flies. So how does he get genetic sample tokens then? How do you get genetic sample tokens? Oh, it's a second attack, which they don't actually cover. Oh, there it is, genetic splicing. Um, so it's a beam, range four, with five attack damage from Mystic. Um, it only costs one power. Genetic extraction. After each attack is resolved, this character gains one genetic sample token. Oh, so it's a beam with range four. So basically, after each attack is resolved. So every time you hit a character, it's an attack. So you would basically use the genet the beam. You'd want to target and try to hit as many characters as you could to gain the genetic splice tokens. Okay, and then you can use those genetic sample tokens to do all of his other fun things. So basically, he's shooting a beam across all these characters, gaining genetic sample tokens, and then using those to do all of his various abilities, which is a really cool mechanic. But on top of it, um, his card, uh, and this is the thing that makes me the most excited about him, and I actually need to pull up his, his cards um, to talk about him. So he has two cards that you need to basically use um, together, it sounds like. So his first one is Forced Extraction. So Mr. Sinister can pay um, one power to play this card, up to three... Um, other allied characters within three of Mr. Sinister suffer one damage. Mr. Sinister gains a genetic sample tokens equal to the amount of damage suffered. So basically, you can go ahead and extract the genes from everybody around you to power his abilities with this. Um, and then this combines really well with his second ability, which is Cloning Banks. During any cleanup phase, an allied Mr. Sinister may play this card. And it is free to play. Um, when this card is played, set it near the battlefield instead of discarding it. During each cleanup phase, including the one in which this card is played, Mr. Sinister can move any or all any number of genetic sample tokens from himself to this card. If this card has been played um, during any power phase, you may remove any number of genetic sample tokens from this card and discard it. If you do, place an um, unused character from your roster within a with the threat value equal to half the number of tokens that you used into play with one power uh, or within one of an allied Mr. Sinister. The unused character gains three power and is now part of your squad. So what that means is you can genetically clone anybody from your roster and put them into play at some point during the game. Now, while it doesn't sound super tremendously powerful uh, from the get-go, you know, because um, you have to get these genetic sample tokens, which requires him to keep tossing out these beams or doing that other ability where he's sucking, you know, the genes from everybody else. Um, what you can do, especially because he does move medium, um, his attack has a very, very long range and he flies, um, combined with the ability to have Red Skull on your list, 
um, you can actually generate uh, multiple of these beams every single turn, you know, and using Red Skull to activate him again or using follow up to go ahead or follow me to go ahead and do that again because you could throw out, you know, that genetic sample card, um, activate Mr. Sinister twice to generate up to six of these genetic sample tokens to throw on that card. You know, um, if you can get up to nine tokens on that card or ten, that is a five threat character you can throw on the field from your roster, which opens up a lot of possibilities. It basically gives you like a, a on call who you do, who do you want to drag into the battle with you uh, suddenly, and this could be incredibly powerful at lower threat level games. You know, if you're playing out like threat fourteen, bringing in an additional threat three or threat four character um, off the side field uh, in the middle of the game can be tremendously powerful because also you know that character is not considered activated when you bring him into the game so um that is a there's a lot of possibilities there i really like him and he's he's only like 25 bucks by himself so i'm gonna buy mr sinister just so you guys know um i really like that that ability and what he does uh which is really 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 cool um might actually have to break this into to multiple podcasts you know uh <laughs> Because we've almost used an hour. Um, I know like five minutes of it was just me like Buellering. But um, so I guess, yeah, we'll do one more character and then we will call this one a wrap. Um, and so, you know, uh, we will cover the rest of the characters in my next, um, you know. So, so far uh, we've covered one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, um, nine, ten, eleven. 12, 13, 14, 15. So we've covered 15 characters, you know, and I'm about to cover, cover my 16th. So that's not bad. Um, I should probably cross out my list real quick. Let's see. Um, we're about to talk about him. So we have uh, Modoc, um, Mysterio, Carnage, uh, Loki, or Mysterio, sorry, Loki, Kingpin. And Killmonger to talk about. You know what? We can we can power through. We can do all these. Um, and that's after we talk about Sabretooth. So our next character is Sabretooth. Now, um, a lot of people don't like him. And I can actually understand quite a bit why. Um, I did buy him. I, I picked him up for my three box challenge. And that's mainly because I love Wolverine. I was never a big fan of Sabretooth. I always thought Wolverine was badass. I think everybody loves Wolverine. But Wolverine does have, or uh, Sabretooth does have some, some cool abilities. Um, so he's got six health with a small move. Um, he's size three, so he's really, really big on the table, you know, um, which has some advantages and disadvantages. But he costs five threat, which I feel like is a bit too much for what he does. Um, he's very, very squishy. He's got three, three, two for his, his uh, abilities. Um, now, the cool thing is he does have healing factor, which is not actually on here. This might be his new one. Is this his new one? Sorry, I'm reading this thing. Unless I've been playing it wrong. Huh. Because the one I've been playing just has healing factor one. So this actually might be his new card. Which actually makes him a lot better. Huh. Anyways, um, so Claw Strike, uh, it's a basic builder. Um, after his attack is resolved, the target character gains bleed. Not bad. Uh, he has Rip and Tear, um, 7 attack, 2 power. Um, when making this attack, after all wilds count as 2 successes, um, 
if the target has the bleed special condition this has to be his new card because he doesn't have pierce anymore he used to have pierce huh i like that though i like the fact that it combos between claw strike and rip and tear I'm, this is the first time of me seeing this so um all right uh next he has pounce uh this character is thrown small it does not suffer damage if it collides with another character or a terrain feature um this superpower can only be used once per activation so basically you can jump small which is really nice um elephantine strength so choose a reactive uh interactive terrain feature or an enemy character both size four or less and within one and throw that small the superpower can only be used once per turn so you get to pick up size four things now because he did not have this before um i hope that i didn't grab the wrong card because <laughs> i really love that ability i love the ability of Sabretooth picking up a small building and just smashing somebody with it um as you can tell this game is incredibly thematic um I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, his healing factor is upgraded. So before he would heal one at the end of his activation, now at the beginning of this character's activation, he heals two. Um, and on top of it, you get to remove all special conditions from him. Wow. That is super powerful because before it was just heal one at the end of every activation. But you get to remove all special conditions. Wow. So this combos really well with doing multiple activations during your turn because that means that, you know, if somebody knocks Sabretooth down to one, and they're planning on, you know, oh man, I, I'm going to get him. You can do like Red Skull where, um, you know, you can do Follow Me where he gets to activate Sabretooth immediately again. Heal two. Well, now you're not getting Sabretooth. Now Sabretooth can pounce and pound on somebody because, you know, with that second rip and tear attack, he can do a tremendous amount of damage. Um, and then, yeah. And you can also do the, uh, the other ability from Red Skull where you get to remove the activate from somebody. So you can activate Sabretooth up to three times in a single turn and basically heal him from nothing to full. That's tremendously good. Um, and then he also kept aggressive uh, after this attack, after an attack targeting this character is resolved. Um, if this character suffered damage, it may uh, advance small towards the attack character. So you can move small towards him. Um, this is really interesting though, because they removed his ability to counterattack. Um, I'm really wondering if I grabbed the wrong card, but um, if this is his new card, I've got mixed feelings about it. I don't know, I don't know. But it does come with Wolverine, so uh, if you, Wolverine's really cool because he can run into Avengers and X Men. So if those are teams you want to run as well, it's a good value in the box. You know, we talk about value. So, um, so that is Sabretooth. And let's move to our next character. Our next character is Killmonger. And he's actually one of the characters uh, I picked up because I wanted Black Panther. Um, and he actually comes in the box. And I actually was not expecting, when I read his card initially, I was like, wow. He's actually really damn powerful. Um, so he's got 6 health, uh, medium move, uh, 4 um, uh, four threat, uh, 4 three, 3 for his defense. But he has Vibranium Weapons. Uh, after this attack is resolved, the attack gains, uh, he gains power equal to the amount of damage. But it has Pierce, which means you actually get to count um, their successes as blanks for every wild. Which is really powerful, especially because this is an energy attack. Um, on top of it, he has Black Ops Strike, a 7 power, um, or 7 attack dice at range 3. Uh, if this attack deals damage after the attacker's resolve, place his character within one of the targets, so he gets to jump at somebody. On top of it, he can stagger them, which is a super powerful ability. Um, stagger means that they have to spend their first action to get rid of stagger, um, which is 
tremendously, tremendously powerful, as you can tell. Um, he also has charge, just like our one, the only Baron Zemo. So we already talked about why that's good. He also has special forces. When this character is attacking, it may use the superpower during the calculate success step of the attack. This character may choose to count. Um, what is that? Is that blanks or skulls? Oh, so you basically, uh, when you look at how many dice you roll, um, if you roll more skulls than hits, you can use this ability to count the skulls instead of the hits. Ah, I like that. That's pretty cool. It's like manipulating the dice in a weird way. Um, yes, focused on the kill. If this character makes an attack against a character that it is already attacked against this turn, you get to add two dice. So this is stupid powerful on him. Uh, because you can use charge to make your medium move and attack somebody, and then you can go ahead and attack them again with your vibranium weapons to get seven attack dice, or do black ops strike for nine attack dice, because you already attacked that character. Woo! He's going to blow somebody up. Um, then he has kill count. When this character dazes or KOs an enemy character, which he probably will do, um, it gains a kill count token. When this character uh, is attacking, uh, it may reroll one dice, and it's attack roll for each kill count. So the more he kills, the more dice he gets to reroll, the more stuff he kills. I love him. I love the fact that he just runs around just murdering people. Um, I love him. I love him so much. So, and I don't even have to see his cards. Just his data card. I just, he's just a way better Sabretooth, uh, in my opinion. So like, yeah. And you get Black Panther and Black Panther's an Avenger. He can be in the Defenders, I believe. Um, so good value again. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy I bought this box. Yay! I'm not going to get to play him for the league, but uh, yeah, he might end up in a tournament list or something because I love that. I love that a lot. Um, next, we're going to talk about Mysterio. Now, Mysterio does come with the mighty Carnage, and uh, I know everybody loves Carnage. I love Carnage. Um, you know, I bought this box just because of Carnage, and I'm not a huge Mysterio fan, but Mysterio is actually very good on the table. Um, he's got six health, uh, small move, three threat, so he's really cheap for a mage. One, one, five for his defenses. So again, he has the same ability all mages have where he can count the five as his defense. He does have stealth, so he is hard to hit. But where you're really running him, um, he has two attacks. His first one, Hypnotic Gas, after this attack is resolved, this character gains power. And then uh, if it deals any damage, you can go ahead and advance the target small. So you get to move them away from you, um, which it can be pretty good. Curtain Call. Um... Uh, if this attack deals damage, if the uh, target character is size 2 or less, the attack resolve may be thrown um, small. So you can throw them and do additional damage. And on top of it, you can stagger them if you roll a wild. Um, so we talked about why stagger is so good um, um, with uh, Killmonger. He has trips, tricks and traps, uh, which is very powerful. I had this used against me. When an enemy character ends a movement within 3 of this character, this character may use this, this superpower, roll 4 dice, and uh, the enemy character suffers one damage for each hit and wild rolled, um, or skull and wild. And if the superpower deals at least one damage, the character may this character may advance small. So um, basically, he can advance out of somebody's range if they get too close to him, which is pretty cool. Because um, then you can put him back at stealth range, which is nice. He has Master of Illusions. Whenever this character rolls a, rolls dice after the effect is resolved, it gains one power if it rolled at least one blank. Uh, additionally, this character uses its uh, Mystic Defense instead uh, for its dodge roll. Um, 
And it's whenever they roll dice. Wow, so even when he does his tricks and traps, if he rolls a blank, he gains, gains the power. So basically, you're just constantly generating power and manipulating. He's very manipulative. Um, he's not going to do a lot of damage uh, on the field, but uh, he's just going to be incredibly annoying. So again, playing towards that objective. And on top of it, you get Carnage in the box and you can run Carnage. And Carnage is an absolute bear on the table. So you can combine Carnage with like Red Skull to activate him multiple times on a turn and do Carnage things. Like murder everybody. Um, so it's super cool. You know, uh, you get one badass character with Carnage. And you get Mysterio who seems like he's actually really good on the table as well. Now is he as good as Enchantress? Arguable. But uh, he's definitely different from Enchantress and he costs one less. So um, might be a box that you might want to pick up. Next, we have Loki, God of Mischief. He comes in a box with Hela. Um, it's basically you're building uh, as Guardian team, but on top of it, he comes uh, with the Cabal. So, you know, if you do want to do like a Thor as Guardian team, uh, might be a good box for you. Now, Loki uh, has moderate stats, you know, five health, medium move, four threat. So he is kind of uh, expensive. Three, three, four for his defenses. He has a normal strike. Then he has Frost Blast, which is also zero power. Um, and this is a beam attack. If this attack deals any damage after the attack is resolved, um, target character gains slow. So this can hit a bunch of people. It is a power attack, which is nice. Um, and you can slow a bunch of people, but you don't gain any power for doing it. So uh, something to keep in mind. Then he has illusions. Um, he can mesmerize somebody. And uh, <laughs> after this attack is resolved, you may uh, advance the character its speed. After the advance is resolved, all other characters within two of the target suffer one. So you get to run a character at their own stuff and then blow up around them and hit everybody within two. That's pretty damn good. I like that a lot, especially if you hit somebody with a long move. Um, then you can like do a long bomb charge into a bunch of people and do a bunch of damage. So that's not bad. Um, he has I Am a God. Uh, before rolling attack or defense dice, you may use the superpower during this, uh, this attack. This character adds blanks to the attack or defense rolls uh, for successes. Not bad. He has Trickster. When this character is targeted by an attack, you may use the superpower. This character makes a small advance. Um, if if at the end of the advance, this character is outside of, of the attacks or attacker's line of sight, the attack ends. Uh, if it is the attacker's activation and the attack did not target multiple characters... The attacker may make another action. Um, the superpower can be used only once per turn. So basically you get to stop an attack from hitting Loki. That's what I'm reading from that. Oh, and then they get to make another action if they weren't able to attack you. I don't like that ability at all. Um, it'd be nice if like they lost that attack. That'd be nice, but yeah. Um, he's Asgardian, so he gains an additional power. Uh, God of Mischief, while within four of this character, enemy characters must spend one additional power before using any reactive or superpowers. So that's pretty good. Um, and then he can hold on to gems, which means, uh, you know, when you're playing with infinity gems, he can take them. So this would not be a character that I would recommend for, like, a, a new starter. Um, like, he's really weird, the way that he interacts. Um... Yeah, I don't know how to feel. Maybe he's got a good card in the box, but um, yeah, just on my initial impression, yeah, not 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 a big fan of him um, at all. Obviously, people can tell me otherwise. 
Next, we have Kingpin. He comes in a single box. Now, the cool thing about him is he is the leader for the Criminal Syndicate, which is a um, faction that I will eventually cover. Um, and they're actually incredibly powerful at the objective part of this game. Um, they don't do, like, a tremendous amount of damage, so people usually, like, revolve around doing objective base, like, moving you around or, or just being really annoying. Um, but Kingpin has uh, 7 health, which is good. Uh, uh, small move. He's big. He's size 3 and 4 threat. Um, which is not bad for a 7 health with a 4-3-3 defense. So he's got a very nice defensive profile, you know. Um, he can headbutt people, um, which means he can actually stun and push people when he headbutts them. It's not a great attack. It's only range 2 with uh, 5 dice. Uh, and moving small means he's not going to get like close to you anytime soon. Um, he can also shoot his little cane la laser, which ignores line of sight. And the defending character does not gain uh, benefit to cover, which is nice. You know, it's a range 3 beam. Um, so, you know... Yeah, you might maybe do a few damage. And then his last ability, Hail to the King, uh, for three uh, power, seven dice, which is really good. Um, before damage is dealt, this character may throw the target character small. After this character attack is resolved, the target character gains the stagger special condition, which is an incredibly powerful defensive tech because you get to throw them, and then they have to use their first activation to shake the stagger ability. Um, which is ridiculously, ridiculously powerful. Um, I've had this used on me where the guy actually threw uh, my character over <laughs> Kingpin, so I couldn't get back to the objective very easily because uh, I was staggered. Um, yeah, really, really good. We're not going to talk about his leadership ability until we uh, talk about the Criminal Syndicate. He's got street-level negotiations for his first ability. Choose an interactive terrain feature or an enemy character, both size 3 or less, and within 2, and throw them medium. So you can... Throw a character twice if you want to um, and actually do a bunch of damage to him as well if you throw him into stuff. He has intense physical conditioning. If this character would suffer damage, uh, it may use the superpower to reduce the amount of damage by one. So you can spend one, and this is not minimal. So it's just like Crossbones where you can spend it as many times as you want. So he's like a better Crossbones for one more. And then he has Solid Frame. This character does not suffer damage from collisions with other characters. So you can throw whatever you want at him. As long as it's not a train feature, he doesn't suffer damage. So throwing characters into him literally does nothing. Um, really, really strong defensive piece here. You know, he's great at sitting on an objective and just bullying that objective. That's basically how he plays. Um, and that's exactly how the Criminal Syndicate plays as well. So um, if this sounds like something that is your playstyle, definitely pick him up. I'm not a fan of Kingpin as a character. Um, I just think he's just a big dude. Like, he's not like Hulk, you know what I mean? Um, so, to me, like, he's not a big thing. I know he's, like, a big villain with Spider-Man and stuff. But, yeah, I'm just not a, a, a big fan of him. So, uh, me personally, even though I love his card and how he operates on the table, um, from a, like, just liking a character standpoint, I wouldn't pick him up. But maybe his play style is something for you. And, um, you know, he's a single character in a box. Pick him up. And I think we're on to our last character. Let's see. Yeah, we're on our last character. So last but not least, Modok. Now, Modok uh, is getting hit with a nerf with his new card. Um, I guess he was oppressively, oppressively powerful um, in so much that, like, literally he was saw in, like, all the lists. Um, so his his card is subject to change, so maybe keep that in mind. Um, they say he's still going to be good, but just less prevalent than what he is now. Um, so he has 10 health. Okay. Uh, movement small. Size 4. So, literally, he can't hide anytime. Um, threat 5, 2, 3, 3 for his defenses. So, he's really not defensive at all. Uh, he has Cyanic Blast. So, uh, range 4, 6 damage, or 6 attack dice. Uh, 
and he gains a bunch of power from this. Then he has Doomsday Chair, uh, range four, seven physical damage um, for three power. Whirling Blades, after this attack is resolved, this character may make an additional Doomsday Chair attack without paying power. The additional attack must target another character within two of the original target character. It does it does not have the Whirling... So, oh, so you hit the character and somebody within two of them as well. Wow, that's really strong. And then you get to bleed him as well. Okay, I see why that's that's strong. Um, then you have Bow to the Will of Modok. Uh, choose an enemy character within three. Advance that character small. A character cannot be affected by this only once. So same thing we talked about with Enchantress and some other characters, you know. Um, then he has Imbecile. All the world is a weapon to Modok uh, for two. Choose an interactive terrain feature size three or less within three and throw it. So, yep. Um, and you can only use this once per turn. And then... Uh, P-Brain, Modox Genius is infinite. So um, after this character rolls an attack or defense dice and may spend any amount of power to use this superpower. For each one power spent, this character may reroll one of its own attack or defense dice. Okay. And then when defending against attack, um, this character changes wild results to blanks. Oh, uh, that's what makes him... Oh. Wow. Now I see why, yeah. He's got a lot going on here. Not only does he do a tremendous amount of damage <laughs> between Doomsday Cane and Psionic Blast, um, he can move characters around, he can throw terrain features up, folks, and then he counts your, your wilds as nothing. Um, and he can reroll whatever the hell he wants for power. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, it'll be interesting. I know that uh, his new card has been released. Um... I don't know if this is a new card, but wow. Yeah, I can see why they, why they nerfed him. <laughs> um, I'm not a big fan of Modok. I think his model's terrible. But uh, yeah, if I were to play a competitive list and uh, this was his card, um, yeah, I would, I would, I would definitely, yeah, look at picking him up, even though I, I don't like him as a character. Um, yeah, and I'm sure he actually has some pretty good cards. So, uh, yeah. That is it for the Cabal. So, you know, the main point of me doing these, um, you know, A, I'm learning new things about characters, you know, as you can tell by my reaction, uh, uh, and if you're listening to me, um, some of these I was not familiar with and, and got to read their card, and I'm quite stoked. You know, I'm really happy with Killmonger. I'm really happy that I, I picked him up on a whim. You know, I wanted Black Panther, but hey, I, I will... 100% run him in a, a Cabal list now. Um, you know, I, I got to see the new... Hopefully that's the new Sabretooth card because um, that makes him a lot more interesting on the table. You know, previously he was just like a counterattack machine, but he died super fast. So rarely did he actually get to counterattack anybody. Um, you know, and we talked about Enchantress and, and some other characters. You know, Mysterio um, and Carnage just came out, you know. And uh, yeah, hopefully this gives folks ideas, you know, on, on how to build your list. You know, the cool thing is... With Marvel, uh, with Marvel Crisis Protocol, you know, I, I talked about all these boxes where you get an additional character that we didn't talk about. But, you know, like Magneto and Toad, Toad is super powerful in any roster. So, you know, just plugging him into your villain's roster or even your hero's roster um, is not a bad idea for two cost, you know. So, um, and I'm really excited. I am super, super okay i'm super stoked um but anyways thank you so much i had nobody tune in live but um from now on uh, i'm actually going to record these uh not live um i'm, I'm going to record these on the side that way uh with my 
terrible, crappy internet. Um, I don't actually have a chance of it cutting out as many times as it did uh, during the stream. So, um, but anyways, I hope that you guys and gals out there enjoyed this. Um, please like, subscribe, share. Please uh, let your friends know that I'm doing Marvel Crisis Protocol stuff. And uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna try to do some battle reports and stuff here on the channel as well for MCP. So um, I'm I'm talking a lot with a lot of people, getting them all hyped up for this game, and I am super super stoked. Um, not no league news this week, you know, because um, my league does not start for another two weeks. But um, we'll probably end up doing like individual podcasts. I'll probably do like a league podcast in between doing more of these uh, faction review podcasts. Um, and so next time, tune in, and we're going to cover the Avengers, because um, that is another uh, another uh, affiliation that I'm actually familiar with. And then, um, yeah, then we'll do League News probably the next week, and then I'll cover uh, Brotherhood of Mutants, because by then I will have a handful of games and be able to talk intelligently about them. So, um, But as always, please like, subscribe, share, and I'll see you guys on the next uh, Marvel Hour. Over Marvel Hour. Over, yeah, Marvel hour and a half i don't know um podcast slash vidcast here on james looks games see you guys next time